opinions are cheap with Cameron and Chad, and we're in the house that is really sad. How you doing, Chad? I like that. I was sad, I, and then I, wanted to, and I heard that, and I'm happy. I, I wanted to do a whole, like, Legend of Zelda rap. Oh, yeah? And it's like, I, if I have a beat, I bet I could force it. You could try force it. Man, I remember that whole commercial word for word. Oh, really? Like not just not just the song part. I know like the, the dialogue and the narrator part. Nice. I actually have no idea what commercial you're talking about. Oh, so okay. Um, so the the two kids. There's this like nerdy kid with extra thick glasses, and every single time the camera's on him, he pushes his glasses up with one finger. Oh, sure. Every single shot. And then there's like the jock skateboarder kid that he's friends with because it because Nintendo's for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're playing a game. Um, and he, <laughs> he's like, like, dude, did you hear about the new uh, Nintendo game of uh, Legend of Zelda? And the the nerdy kid's like, you know, yeah, it was in the Nintendo Power magazine. Have you you haven't seen it yet? And the and the jock kid's like, no way, let me see it. Whoa, check out those graphics. And it, sh- <laughs> it shows like the Nintendo Power magazine with the like crappy scans of like screenshots that are photographed. Sure. Um, and then the Zelda rap starts. It's like, it's the Legend of Zelda, and it's really rad. Those monsters from Ganon are really bad. There's Octoroks, Tektites, and Libras, too. But with your help, our hero pulls through. And it's like, there's like a rap beat that's really bad. That sounds <laughs> that like something going. that was made in the 90s. And then they and then they say, um, the Nintendo Entertainment System. Your parents help you hook it up. <laughs> Oh man, how times have changed! You don't remember that commercial? I, I do not remember that commercial. It's embedded in my memory. I've like written five different parodies of it. Nice. Because I you remember I used to do that Nintendo show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was just a that was a go to. We would we would play the audio from it for commercial breaks. Like it was just a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the Japanese one, which was actually like a well choreographed musical number, and it had like this really cool like aggressive beat. And I can't, I can't quote any of it because it's in Japanese. Right. But it, it's such a better production. But it also does absolutely nothing to explain what the game even is. Sure. It's, it's kind of amazing. I feel like video game commercials haven't changed that much from that then. Dude, I think one of my favorite video game commercials is for the PS3 where they had that baby that would like ooze tar from its eye sockets and cry. Oh, yeah, what the fuck was that all about? I vaguely remember that because it was horrifying. Did you, So, did you watch the PlayStation 5 reveal? No. Because the tone of that show, I was waiting for the PS3 baby to come back. Every, like, they would play a, a commercial, and then they would play, like, a game trailer, and then they'd play an interview with a developer, and they're the whole time they're hyping up that they're about to reveal what the PS5 looks like. But between cuts of these, like, content... They would put in these weird avant-garde postmodern art projects where there's like a sea of marbles and then they would wave and ripple and then they would pulse different colors and then the colors would form the PlayStation logo buttons. And then they would all devolve into like dust and scatter across the desert for nine generations. And then it would play the trailer for Spider-Man 2. I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? I love. Okay, so I just watched that uh, PSU Baby commercial, which was way weirder than I remember it being because it <laughs> makes no fucking sense and it's like a horror movie PlayStation 3 
And it's like the top comment, she's like, someone thought this was a good idea. It's like, yep, that sums that shit up. Yeah, that's that's the reality of it. It was like, because the, the old like PlayStation uh, PSP, the PlayStation Portable, that's what those words stood for. The, those had really fucking weird commercials too, didn't they? They were like cartoon animated things, like just surreal and nonsensical. Well, the, the PSP had a, a mix. Um, there were some commercials that were ripoffs of like Game Boy commercials where they show off the product. And it'd be like uh, people waiting on the airport. And, well, that's okay because I got uh, the new Uncharted game on my PlayStation Portable. But then there were those really racist ones with the squirrels. Yeah, those the squirrels is what it's I like, remember. Hey, I'm playing with Nut. What? You got Nut? Let's go to the streets and, and burn down our, our society. It's like, whoa, <laughs> Sony, calm down. Those are Yikes. so weird. That was rough. I don't know why anybody did any of anything. I I wonder what it's like to work in marketing. But that goes doubly so for Sony. Yeah. Because they've never had good ads. <laughs> I would hate to work in marketing right now because... You have this mixture of like trying to appeal to the social movements going on, but not in a way that's going to look bad 10 years from now or in a way that's going to annihilate all of the other people I who want to buy your product. Here's a magazine ad for the PlayStation 2. This looks like horrible. Holy fuck. So you'll notice there's no like text that explains what's even going on. I I actually like legitimately like this as a fucked up piece of art. For the listeners, it says PS2 in the corner. It looks like something out of Silent Hill. There's a girl with uh, not enough clothes on, and she's like laying on body pillows that look like they're made out of human flesh and covered in chest hair in the shape of the different buttons on the PlayStation controller. And then there's someone about to walk in the room, and it's um so. She's having she's having an orgy affair yeah. with the PlayStation 2 controller while her husband's she's, at work. She's cheating on her husband with a naked, hairy PlayStation 4 controller. So, the message here is that I should buy a PlayStation 2? I just don't understand the house. Like, the painting is so drab and, like, horrifying. Like, it, it looks like, like someone just... Like, you know, we'll, we'll get a jar of mildew and just put that on the walls, and then we don't have to wait for them to grow by itself. We'll just we'll just paint the mildew on. I I want to know, I like, with magazine ads especially, um, when you have a magazine, it's very easy to flip past the ads. You see, it's like, oh, it's an ad, I'm going to flip by it. So magazine ads developed, like, they kind of evolved the defense mechanism of being eye-catching. Right. Where it's like, okay, this is a riddle I want to solve now. And eventually, you'll zoom in on that little PS2 logo in the corner. But it's not a, it's, it's not a, uh, a selling point. It's literally just, I hope we bought your attention for at least two and a half minutes. Mm -hmm. And I hope you think about PS2 later when you're describing this horror to your friends. Yeah, it's like the... It's the same with billboards, right? Like... Where there's so many billboards and you just kind of like you see them but you don't see them and so they have to do more and more striking things to get you to look away from the road and look at a product. Well, so remember the PlayStation Portable billboard? Did the oh did that have a billboard? Because I actually don't remember that. Um. Well, when the system came out, no. But when they came out with an alternate white color to complement the black color, um, a rather controversial billboard went out. 
<laughs> complimenting the earlier racism in the oh, show. Oh, Jesus Christ. Who um, thought that was a, a good much. idea? Now, this was actually, this was actually fine because it was in Japan. Okay. And it was apparently a very eye-catching billboard that worked. But when international press got wind of it, that it was kind of like, oh, let's let's downplay the racism for a little bit, guys. Yeah. Wild. So I, I do like the, 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 the white hair and the white outfit that lady has in that. Well, there's style to oh, yeah, it. She looks it's like just, she belongs um, in like a cyberpunk village or something. I wish that instead of holding the black person in this weird like commanding sense, it was more like the two of them standing next to each other and it could it could still highlight the contrast of the black and white, but be less of a weird like dominatrix thing, whatever's going on here. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> Cause it's also does this make you want to buy a PlayStation? Or are you just gonna go, what am I looking at? Most things don't make me want to go buy a PlayStation, and I feel like the one thing that did, and I actually, because I own a Vita, and I'm just like, I kind of wish I don't didn't own this, because I never use it. I only got a couple games for it. It was neat. It was good to have on some car rides, but I'm definitely at a point where if I'm driving, then I can't play it, and if I'm not driving, I'm either talking or sleeping, because that's what long car rides are for now. So it, it You know what makes me want to buy a PlayStation? What? Microsoft press conferences. <laughs> Bazinga. Bazingo. I didn't watch sorry, any of those either. Sorry, Microsoft. You just got Bazingo. Yeah, fuck you, Microsoft. Hashtag Bazingo. Hashtag Microsoft. Send a tweet. I, I, I live with my brother who will buy the new consoles when they come out, and then we'll play Gears of War, and we'll play Halo, and we'll have fun together, and then he'll get all the other games he wants to play, and I'll be like, no, I played Gears of War and Halo. I'm good. <laughs> Well, you know, video games are kind of, um, like, we're talking about PlayStation stuff. That's sort of a a really mainstream hobby, but you, you had this interesting idea that maybe we should talk about, like, alternative alternative sources of entertainment. Yeah, and this came up... Um, well, I, I want to say, like, you know, anyone that's listened to the show for a while knows that I like to, uh, to test Chad's patience. <laughs> but it looks like someone else likes to test Chad in other ways. So you got a story for us to share? Oh, now? yeah, the, the the doctor visit. So this was this was fun. So this is a couple of weeks ago now. Um on and off over the course of the year I've had some weird uh I don't want to say pains, but just sensations in various parts of my throat. And it's I've I tried to book multiple ENT appointments to finally get it looked at cuz my regular practitioner couldn't diagnose it. Uh, I also do the death metal stuff, and there was worry that okay, the two are probably involved. The 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 question is to how much, because if you have any problems whatsoever and you Google them, that's either nothing or it's cancer, and it's never anything in between those things. So of course, I finally get an appointment to see a doctor, and it turns out uh, a speech therapist was there too, and she's like, "Fuck yeah, let's blow, I'll I'll join in on this fun." Um. So it opens up, and I'm I'm basically doing the pre-screen conversation, and I'm actually being truthful about like how much I drink, how much coffee I drink, uh, all this other stuff. Which, for the listeners, never do that. Don't just lie to your doctor about alcohol, because if you don't, they're going to tell you to drink a shitload less, and it's very sad. Um, I am drinking less now, and it's very sad. So the speech therapist was really cool. Uh, she's definitely like really into what she does, and I think she mostly um, works with children or people that have been uh, physically injured and have to relearn how to do things. 
And so to talk to me as like some dumbass who hurt himself or maybe hurt himself by trying to sound See, like Satan. You're you're pleasant. Right, like but also it's just like <laughs> so different and weird and she's and so she's like, Okay, well tell me all of this stuff. And so we're having this conversation about the human voice and she's saying things that I know what they mean because I've been watching all these vocal coaches and stuff. So we were actually able to have a conversation. And that was fun. That was fun. Um so it gets to the point where she's like, okay, well, let's uh, let's take a look at your vocal cords. And I was like, I know there's two ways to do this. One, you stick something down my throat and it's uncomfortable. Or two, you stick something up my nose and down my throat and that's really uncomfortable. So let's try the first one. She's like, that's what I would prefer to. Uh, so having having something, uh, a camera stuck down your throat uh, is really, really uncomfortable. Um, she had me like kind of sit down in the chair, weirdly hunched over like a goblin and then like lean forward and then look up. So she got like a straight, straight shot down there. So you're in this really compromised position and someone sticks a metal tube down your, down your mouth. And she's like, I need you to say it, you know, just start making these noises. But she was trying to get me to do uh, specific vowels that are hard enough. Like to me, like the E vowel, if I'm singing or screaming is the hard one to, to hold. And so she's like, I need you to do an E vowel and I need you to do it like falsetto. And it's like, fucking why? Also, <laughs> you have a fucking like eight inch tube down me. This is really weird. Uh, so we're going back and forth and like, evidently I have an enlarged uvula. It's just bigger than normal. And so I have a really bad gag reflex. Uh, but we, we get the, we get the enough of a, of a picture of my vocal cords moving around. She's like, I think that'll work. So then the doctor comes in and the doctor is got an assistant with him um some lady who's looked probably six years younger than me and he comes in and the first thing he's like well i see some problems here and it's like you haven't even seen the picture yet what are you talking about he's like you drink too much you smoke too much you're doing something that's really bad for your throat no i mean no wonder you're feeling all this stuff you got it you got to just like one cup of coffee a day you can't have three i'm just like <laughs> we're getting off on a really bad foot here i i don't know i, I really like coffee cameron yeah i i i it's what I drink when I don't want to drink alcohol or like when I want to drink alcohol, but shouldn't like, it's the thing that keeps me help sober. Um, yeah. And no, I, I had to, I had to take up, um, like sparkling water mm -hmm. and mineral water because it's like, okay, regular water doesn't cut it. Right. I, I need something. He's like, do you drink tea? And I was like, sometimes like, stop drinking tea. There's caffeine in tea. And I was like, there's not all teas. You dick. Like, yeah, that's weird advice. you and he starts going on about, so he understands what I'm doing, and he's like, so this is how you make the noise. And I'm just like, yeah, I know how I make the noise. I'm glad you know how I make the noise, because it means you have done this before. And he's like, every person that comes in here that does this, they wait too long, and everything's a mess. And so he's looking at my, my the, the pictures, and he's like, well, I'm not seeing any signs of blisters or your, you know, any, any major um, issues of irritation. No throat cancer. We got one. A picture further down my throat. He didn't see anything weird down there, but he is 100% convinced that all of the uncomfortable bullshit in my throat is because of what I've been doing. Um, and also, he did notice my my vocal cords were kind of uh, they looked a little swollen. And I was like, well, yeah, I was screaming the whole damn trip over here in the car because I wanted to give you something to look at, uh, which I don't think he was super amused, but I that was the reason I was doing that. So. We're going back and forth, and he's telling me what to do and what I need to stop doing. Like, don't talk so much, and, and if you're going to keep doing this, 
blah, 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 blah. He's like, I was in a band and I, I can sing really well. And it's because I take care of my voice. And I never drink. And I don't drink coffee. And it's like, well, neat, right? Like, I yeah, fuck you, Doc. I, he was he was judgy <laughs> without with trying to be judgy. It was one of those things where he's trying to approach this from, if you want to be a professional singer and do this, these are the things you have to do. He clearly doesn't approve, but he knows he can't tell me that because nothing good will happen. Um, so it was it was a slightly weird combative back and forth, and I'm starting to crack jokes because I'm getting really it's getting really awkward. And at one point, his assistant. Um, the the younger girl, she's like, hey, have you ever heard of this band? And I was like, uh, no, I haven't. She's like, oh, my ex-boyfriend was in that band. And she just, like, smiles at me. And I'm just like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> this guy's telling me I Wait, can't drink alcohol anymore. And I don't care about you or your ex-boyfriend's band. What kind of conversation starter is that? I don't know. It was so weird. All right. So I'm telling him, like, I'm like, okay, well, I have a, I have an appointment with a vocal coach, uh, and we're going to go over some of the things that we've talked about here because I've been concerned about them. I think this is going to be good and he's going to teach me some things. And and uh, the speech therapist is like, holy shit, that's so cool. And, and she gives me her card. Like, you know, if you have any questions, if you ever want to talk about anything, like, you know, you can contact me. Um, and then the doctor's like, who's this vocal coach? And I was like, oh, he's the lead singer for this band called Kardashev. And of course, no one knows who that band is. And I was like, I mean, I can play them. We all have smartphones, right? Do we, do we want to do this? And uh, of course not. So he says his piece and he leaves and then the assistant leaves and uh, the the speech therapist and me are going back and forth a few more times and she's saying, you know, okay, here's some other things you can do. Like when you're talking, try and uh, do more frontal resonance with your speaking to keep all of the pressure off your throat. Uh, so like if you hum, like mm, you can feel the buzz kind of underneath your nose and in your lips. And so basically talking and keeping the pressure there because you can really actually move a lot of that around your mouth where you're I don't I like I like almost picture it like a like a like you're you got a ping pong ball or a marble in your mouth and that's that ball is where the distortion for the lack of a better word of your speech or singing or screaming is and you can move it around and when you're singing and screaming you get very different sounds depending on where it is and so I'm telling I'm talking to her about this too I'm so like, yeah, I know all about this shit and then she's like eventually she's like okay I I, I need you, I want you to do it for me and so I ended up doing uh, some gnarly stuff for just uh, five or six seconds of it. And, and she was just like, holy shit, you know, like it, she was like, she seems like that looked painful and it's like, it wasn't, but it, it she was geeking out about it a little bit, like as a, a speech therapist, it was cool to, to talk to her. So on the whole, the visit, maybe not totally worth the giant bill I'm going to get. Um, but that was what it was like to see an ENT after, seven months of waiting and getting my appointments rescheduled. That's cool. I mean, I, I, I hope you got information that's valuable, but also, like, what a prick. So, it is kind of a good kick in the pants to try and lean back off the coffee and the booze, which I have been doing, and I'm not going to say I feel better or anything, but I, I do know long-term it is going to be better. Like, I, I really should stop drinking, like, 12 to 14 drinks a week or more. Um, so I'm trying to cut it back to nine and just keep it in the single digits. So I've had six so far. So That's I've, reasonable. I have three more this yeah. week I can burn, which, you know, I got a bottle of wine. Maybe I'll have a couple of glasses of wine tomorrow. Good to go. Uh, for coffee, I'm trying to limit that to two cups a day instead of three or four. That's been fine. I've been drinking a lot more ice water. And honestly, I, every once in a while, 
and part of this is uh, if I consume uh, fake sugar, when I go to sleep at night, like it seems like I always have to like have this feeling where I need to pee. Um, like I will go, I will pee and I'll lay back down and I'll feel like I need to pee again. And it'll be like this kind of very light feeling that doesn't go away. And I know it's from fake sugar because if I lay off it, it goes away. Um, but it's been even further back now that I've consumed less coffee over the last two weeks. And so it, there is a certain level of like, okay, this was physically affecting me in a negative way. I'm consuming too much caffeine. I'm consuming too much coffee. Like this has been good. And I do think having that speech therapist uh, card is going to, I can see that proving to be very, very beneficial down the line. If I can just email someone and be like, hey, I have a quick question for you. You seemed really cool to talk. Can you answer this for me in an email? And I don't have to spend 800 goddamn dollars to book a visit, right? Like, Right. So I am actually, I'm excited for the, the Volca Coach lesson, which is this, the 31st of this month. And then after that, I will probably email her just to be like, hey, I took the thing. You seem curious. This is what happened. Here's what he told me. And I don't know where that's going to go. Um, I've sent him examples of me screaming uh, in video so he can see what I'm doing wrong ahead of time. Uh, but that that was my that was my doctor visit. And I'm sorry that was like a 10-minute ramble. But Oh, no, it's interesting. I hope so. Not every, It's not every day you get to like see your vocal cords. They are fucking gross. I've seen them before. Like I've seen pictures, right? But like... To see your own move around, like while they're you're making noise, even if it's just like weird croaks because you have things down your mouth, like it is, it is pretty bizarre. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, and and on the topic of like weaning off of stuff too, it's like, um, I gave up soda for a while, and then like I had a soda once, and it's like, oh, this tastes disgusting. See, I've never like there's a there's a certain element of um, like you get used to like a habit. Mm-hmm. And it is possible to kind of get away from certain habits. How long did you take not, a not break everything from soda? Away, but like a couple years. Oh, okay. So that, this is because like I usually go with three months between cans of soda now, so I have four a year. Well, and that's that's good. That's a healthy amount to to mean you're not overdoing it on the soda. Yeah. Um, I was in a bad habit where it's like, okay, I'll drink some soda every day, mm-hmm. kind of a thing, and I just sort of I stopped doing that. I think. Um, like, I, well, I started a new job, so I wasn't, like, around the same vending machine I used to be. And so just, like, I accidentally, like, didn't have soda with lunch every single day. Sure. And so it wasn't a super conscious effort to, like, avoid soda at all costs, but it's, like, I wasn't grabbing it all the time. And then I ended up kind of breaking that habit a little bit. Not that I don't have other bad habits. But, right. Well, we um, all do, right? Do you have a, yeah, do you have a water filter? I do not. You should get one. Um, I we found out something interesting, and so far it's proven true. Uh, the water you get out of your faucet, like there's a certain amount of like, like chemicals and chlorine and stuff in it, that it actually it runs through your system faster, so you're not absorbing as much water, and it makes you want to pee sooner. Really? So we got a water filter, and now no one in the house wakes up in the middle of the night, and we all feel better all like all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it, there's there's some truth to it so that'll improve your teas that'll improve your coffee when you do make coffee mm-hmm. and also it's just more enjoyable to drink a glass of water i might have to try that and it has kind of been nice to enjoy like i because for the longest time i was drinking my water like more than lukewarm and that's how i take get it at work when i fill up my water bottles i, I fill it half with like really hot water and then half with cold water and it's stays that temperature just because it's more soothing, and I was screaming a lot on my lunch break. That was when I would practice, and 
I wanted to be hydrated and I didn't want things to be too cold because it can feel like it seizes up a bit. Uh, so for a while, I just stopped drinking ice water and I started up again because I was like, well, it's like kind of later at night. I'm not going to, I don't don't really want hot water. And like, man, ice water just sometimes really hits the spot and you get that ice crinkling like we talked about a couple weeks ago. And I, slowly but surely, I am developing better habits and that makes me happy because it, it definitely felt like a problem. And so all of this comes together and it's like, it was it was a good thing I did, even though the doctor was kind of judgy, and uh, you know whether he approves or not doesn't really matter uh, to me. <laughs> but if it gets me to to drink more water, if it gets me to drink a bit less bourbon every week, like it, it was a net positive. Yeah, it sounds like it. And I think all of our Richards out there are happy to know that you're you're being more healthy mm-hmm. since they know that I am not. You're not drinking, and soda one of no us more. has to survive. What? You say you're not drinking soda no more, and I thought you were, like, saving up your junk food money for Warhammer stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, the... Like, I, I'm I'm weaning off of the energy drinks and the coffee a little bit. Sure. I, I am weaning off of the junk food. Uh, the, the cocaine is staying. <laughs> that's a, that's a 2021 resolution I'll look at next year. Fair. So did we want to jump into our topic? Because we had kind of a, I think, a fun one this week. Yeah, I think so. Um, did you want to introduce it? Yeah, so this started with um, YouTube recommending a couple of ASMR videos to me. Uh, because YouTube's going to YouTube. And I clicked on one because it was a guy making a Lego set. And I was like, okay, fine. What is this about? The YouTube channel is called Fred's Voice. It's a guy who looks a lot like Thor. Um, Chris Hemsworth. He was, he's just building a Lego set. He's doing all the, the normal ASMR stuff, you know, crinkling the pieces and tapping on the box and talking in a really low, soft whisper. And I ended up watching it, like, 10 to 15 minutes of it before bed, and I was fucking out like a light. And I was like, oh, maybe there's something to this. So every night before bed, now I've been just watching bits and pieces of his videos. And um, the thing with his videos, though, the, the non-Lego ones are weird as shit because he's trying to do, like, he's playing a character. Uh, and he's got a backdrop, and he's in a costume, and he's, like, doing this one-sided role-play with you, but also trying to do ASMR. And it's really entertaining. I don't know how effective it is at, at ASMR, but it's f- it, it's funny and kind of engaging. And it made me think of just, like, the weird, uh, the weird forms of entertainment that are allowed to exist because of the internet and YouTube. And I don't know if you watched any of this guy's videos, because I think I sent you one where he was, um, uh, wow, the, the wizard in Lord of the Rings, the Gandalf. <laughs> the, when, okay, I just, I know exactly what you were talking about, but when you said the wizard and the Lord of the Rings, my mental image was like Gandalf and, um, Dumbledore hanging out. <laughs> but, so in this, in this video, he's got a, a, a very nice, like, backdrop of what's supposed to be elven woods he's dressed like gandalf he's got a, a beard and a hat and a very young no crow's feet and his hands are very you know youthful or whatever he's got his i think he's still got his wedding ring on but he's holding the staff and he's talking to you as if you've like stumbled your way into the murkwood and he's got to like 
help you through it. So he's going to put some spells on you and tell you how to get through. And he's going to talk about Lord of the Rings. Or like, there's a lot of like, he clearly either likes the property or did plenty of research on it. So he could do a 40 minute video of whispering to you because you're in the woods with him and the elves are about. And he does like these weird noises when he casts a spell and he moves it, kind of shakes it next to the, the microphone. So you get that stereo, like weird fuzziness. And it, it's fucking endearing. I'm not going to lie. It is, there's something about it that is very kind of fun to watch. And it, it, it's no, so uh, weird. It, it's very, it is very weird. And it's all so like geniusly implemented where it's like, oh, this is so intentional. Yes. Um, there's a, there's an element. Do you know what ASMR is? I know it, it's the describe like the tingles, right? Like you hear a sound and it gives you a physical reaction. Well, it, yeah, that's part of it. Um, you know how I, I don't know if you've experienced this, but like uh fingernails on chalkboard, does that make your skin crawl? I don't like it, no, yeah, yeah. But there's like an immediate negative reaction where it's not just like, oh, that's an uncomfortable sound, but it's more like I want to throw up. Yeah. Or hit something. So yeah, so that's a negative ASMR. Positive ASMR is a sound that for no reason makes you feel at ease. Okay. And it makes you happy in a way that you can't describe. It's like, it is literally the polar opposite. Mm-hmm. Most people do not experience positive ASMR. Um, somewhere, like, one of these ASMR videos, like, became popular, and it's kind of like everything else on the internet, where it's like, I, I also have multiple personality disorder, because I want to be interesting. Sure. Um, so it became this, like, trendy thing, where it's like, people are looking up ASMR... And because of how the YouTube algorithm is, it's like, oh, people are looking for this one thing. Let's f- put up results for that thing. And now there's this like metatextual ASMR where people think random sounds that are just good to have on in the background or people whispering things to you is just good. Right. And so it's almost like with this, he seems fully aware of like what actual ASMR is, but he's doing like almost a parody of those videos while also putting together a good one of those videos. Yeah. The the production qualities are just like walking that line of like, they're not amazing, but they're good. Like he's putting work into it, but he's not being annoying about, I don't know. There's just something about it. Like I was watching one before the show just to try another one where he's acting and he's being a rude phone repair person. Like you walk into it, you walk into a store to get your phone repaired, like your iPhone or whatever. And he's there and he's like <laughs> surprised you're here and he don't look smart enough to own a smartphone. And it's, it was so fucking funny, but it's like, okay, this isn't calming me down at all. You're being an asshole. I kind of want to slap you. <laughs> I love that. But it's like, this goes on for 50 minutes and it has a million views. <laughs> um, Stuart the Sock did an ASMR video once. Oh yeah? And it was like, it was him making a sandwich. And it was the same thing where it's like, it's like any of his other videos. Just for some reason, he whispered the whole video. <laughs> um, And it was like, it was kind of funny because it's like, yeah, that's all these videos are. It's like, like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna describe everything I'm doing. I'm gonna do the thing. <sighs> My microphone isn't designed for this, so it's not gonna sound good. <laughs> for like 10 minutes. Yeah. I will say with with uh, Fred's guy, uh, when he was doing one of the Lego videos and just like tapping on the box, and he had like a, a 
I don't know if it was a pen or a, a wooden stick or something, but he was sliding it over the, the, the hollow cardboard box. Like that, I definitely like had a physical reaction to that, you know, like like the, the someone tapping on my back or something. Um, which is probably why I ended up watching more of it than I normally would have, is because I, I did have like an immediate reaction to a very small part of it. None of the rest of it did that for me because it was just him talking and and building a Lego set and you know everyone's all making weird noises. Uh, but at that point, I was kind of invested because I wanted to see him finish the fucking Lego set. That's fun too, though. Yeah, because there's an ending to the story. He fucking loves Star Wars. It's kind of great. Like he is like super nerdy. A lot of his stuff is like Lord of the Rings, Star Wars. He does some Harry Potter shit. Like, and he gets really into it. He he loves Star Wars. It is very fun to watch from that level too. I like um I like white noise. Mm-hmm. So you gotta send this. Okay. You like more than just a um, fan then? Like, uh, no, actually, I like fans. Um, I actually, I'll I'll play white noise videos sometimes, but if it's hot enough to have a fan on, I'll just listen to the fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there was an interesting one I found once that was uh, someone recorded themselves, um, doing like mining and herbalism and wow. Oh really? So. It's it's literally just um they turned off the music but they kept on like the ambient forest noises, so you get like the sound effects of like mount running and the the clink 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 when you mine a rock mm-hmm. and and birds whistling, but it was it was kind of interesting. It was like oh you know that's kind of a chill thing. I think my favorite white noise though is the engine hum from the Enterprise. Oh really. Yeah, there's a YouTube video. It's like a 10-hour loop of the the next generation Enterprise just running. And it's just a constant like that they would play in the background of the show. Sure. So it felt like they were in something. Mm-hmm. Um it's such a nothing sound, but it's perfect. Like I'll forget it's running because it's so ambient right. <laughs> and unobtrusive that it's just sort of like it's pleasant. Is the kind of thing I I know someone at work who has tinnitus kind of bad and so he has to he likes to have something on because otherwise he hears that ring and it, it it's really frustrating for him. Um, yeah. I think he usually just kind of goes for a really large fan most of the time, uh, either in his office or at home. Yeah, I usually, I'll try to have like a podcast or an ebook running um, so that if I, if I passively pick up information, at least I'm educating myself about something. Sure. Like in theory. Um. But so, yeah, sometimes it's just you know what I need the enterprise right now. Mm-hmm. It it doubles as white noise and escapism. Yeah, and role play. There you go. That's fun. Yeah, it's kind of funny though the way YouTube algorithms work, and I know the reason this was recommended to me is because I was watching uh, that printmaker guy, and there were a lot of comments kind of associating him with you know that really that pleasant relaxing feeling that they get from ASMR, even though he's not making ASMR videos, he's making, like, educational hot-up woodblock print. Um, and the reason I found that channel is because there's there's uh, Unintentional ASMR is, is the name of a YouTube channel, and it's a lot of stuff like that, where people doing things, and it's relaxing, and it's not necessarily trying to hit you with the, the, those tangling sensations or anything like that, but it's more of, like, like... My favorite one was a dude carving a, a stonemason from, like, Ireland. He's just carving letters into a, a, a piece of stone, I think, for a, a headstone for a, a dead person. 
I can't think of normal words, so I'm just using the dumb words today. And he's just talking about shit, though, like, about what he's doing, but also about what it's like, what you know, his life and things like that. And it's just, like, this really fun video to watch and learn about this dude and what he's got to offer and also his craft. Like, I, that was a fantastic video. And so YouTube is evidently, like, progressively given me more and more extreme shit in this until now I'm watching a dude named Fred build Lego sets. But it it is interesting that, I don't know, like... It's kind of scary that it can read me well enough to recommend stuff that I will watch, like, in a way. Like, stuff I would never think of watching. Yeah, YouTube's a little weird. Um, because it, sometimes it actually does, like, oh, wait, the algorithm is paying attention. Mm -hmm. Like, when it misses the mark, you know, but when it hits the mark, it's like, oh, wait, what? I know, are there any, as far as alternate entertainment goes, right, I don't know if you have any examples you want to bring to the table. Um, I mean, I really like terrible games that are like, like, I think everyone appreciates that things like MMOs are kind of time wasters. Sure. But it's like, I, I'll take Star Trek Online really serious. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no one would guess that. It was like, oh, that game's still running is the number one thing anyone tells me when I bring it up. Um, uh, I don't know if I... I mean, do you want to hear me talk about Star Trek Online? <laughs> is, or is that too boring of a subject? I mean, you can if you want. It's, you know, you're part of the podcast, too. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know if that's interesting enough that I should dig into it. I, th I think Ooh. the the premise is weird, right? Because, I mean, are you admitting it? it's a bad game that you just like? or it's Well, that's the thing. I'm not even sure I like it. You're just, like, wasting time in it. It's Yeah, it's almost like... I, I, like, sometimes I'll go out of my way to take a slower route to get somewhere um like you can just like you can teleport like and while you can like teleport you use your hearthstone you just go back to base right? right in star trek there's like you can you can build up this currency let you just teleport to the planet you need to but it's like no i'd rather chart a course and like go and like engage and like i normally role play is when you play with others but it's like i do single player role play in this game where it's like, no, we have to go there. We can't just magically teleport. Sure. That's that's offensive to the canon. Mm. Um I'll you know, I'll set up a goal, like I really want blank ship. And it takes me two years to finally do it. <laughs> it's like, well, I got the goal done. <laughs> now what? I play the game? That's this is terrible. I don't want to play this game and I log off. I got my brand new ship with all the lasers on it, and it's like, nah, I'm good. I feel like the one the example I can bring for like games is uh for me it was um wow uh, VR chat oh okay uh VR chat is weird and stupid in ways I don't totally understand like I, I if you explain them to me I'll get it but I also will be like I don't know why you play it though um and I've only played like an hour or so of it right with you and Joe and at the in court and just. It's funny in theory, and it was kind of funny, like as some as a thing to watch. But I didn't really enjoy the little bit uh, that where I, I participated. It was just so it is weird, but uh, people seem to really like it. Like a lot of people play VR Chat. You and Joe sunk a shitload of hours into that game. Yeah, um, VR Chat is very much a chat room more than a game, and I, I I find it interesting because it is like a 3D space. Well, a lot like Second Life too. Um, Second Life scratched an itch where I just love cringe. Sure. So it's like, let's find a Pokemon fan site 
And then everybody has these poorly rendered 3D Pokemon avatars that are like overly sexualized. It's like, ah, we point and laugh and then we go somewhere else. VR chat has a similar quality to it, but they're slightly less cringe and more fun with the improv. Where with the VR part, um, I know people play on mouse and keyboard a lot, but what I really love is just the ability to use body language. It like it's so interesting that I can gesture towards someone and they know what I mean right. and they respond. And it's like, wow, this is a, a form of communication that I've never gotten to do online before. That makes sense. Um, it's it's subtle. <laughs> and it's the sort of thing where it's like I'm I'm kind of a communication nerd where like I appreciate this maybe more than some people might. But what I really love is just the ability to hold my hand up and wave to someone and they'll look up and make eye contact with me and wave back. And it's like, oh, man, I haven't had this in forever. Yeah. Um, Like, especially with things this year being weird. But it's just it's been a lot of fun to do funny things. Um, Did I tell you about that? We found like a Kingdom Hearts world. Me and Joe. Um, He might have mentioned it, but I don't know. He gave me a whole lot of details. I don't remember if we talked about that on the show or not, but um, we found these weird, uh, like, I, f- I had this Mickey Mouse avatar, but it was like the Uganda Knuckles, just like colored like Mickey. Okay. And then he got Sora, but it was like gender swap Sora. And it had a canned animation where Sora does uh, ballet. And then I think the Mickey Mouse had a matching animation, but instead I just stood there and like, I tried to pretend that I was I was using my hands to like hold up Sora as part of the routine <laughs> and I was making up my own dance with like full body motion um while the canned animation was playing and like we're watching it in the mirror and like the two of us can't stop laughing because it was just the imagery was terrific and it's just this very strange thing <laughs> that it's like you can't replicate this in any other situation Right, but there's also no like end game or goal. Like it, all that happened was me and Joe laughed because there was no one else there. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a very weird sense of uh, entertainment because <laughs> it's sort of just like you may as well just smoke a lot. Like, <laughs> like what is the point? I suppose. But then it's it's my crack, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess I remember doing some chat room stuff when I was in high school. But I, I guess, like, when I do stuff, I'm typically looking for some kind of end goal, which I think's almost a problem, like a personality failing. Like, I should be able to just do something for fun and not have to reach some kind of end goal, right? Like, Oh, I, I would disagree. End goals are, are a driving factor. I suppose. I just means that I feel like, like I prioritize trying to be, like, productive with something am I, all the time, and it can kind of burn me out a bit. And sometimes it's like, I have those days where I just watch stupid shit on YouTube and it's like, I hate myself. I didn't do anything today, but I also feel like I physically needed this. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I enjoy living in the moment of things. I do like goals, but I try to consciously take time to appreciate the smell of a flower. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, so yeah, I, I do get a lot out of VR chat because of that. Um, I love finding just like a new avatar and then I have to like, okay, I feel compelled to make a character. I feel compelled to like do a character voice and a- adapt a new personality and just role play as something new now. Right. Um, I told you about the Kmart, right? Yes. 
um, we, we found a Kmart, and there's, like, an employee uniform. So it's like, oh, okay, cool, I'm going to pick this avatar. So now I just work at Kmart now. So I walked over to the paint section, and I just stood behind the counter and waited for someone to walk up and ask for paint. <laughs> and then, like, it took no time at all, and some stranger walked up to us. Because, <laughs> like, Joe was there talking to me, but just walked up and said, like, hi, do you, do you guys have paint? And so I just, like, I fell into this, uh, this, <laughs> this, like, character voice, like, without even thinking about it. And I just started working at Kmart. And I was like, like, uh, uh, yes, we do. I, ha- I have all kinds of flavors. I have <laughs> vanilla. I have chocolate. I have mint chocolate. I have mint vanilla. We're out of strawberry. We have orange. We have lime. We have limeberry. We have mint and limeberry. And I wouldn't stop. And it was just, I, I want that one. I want the orange one. Like, okay, I'll be right back. And I walked in the back. And it was just, it, it made me laugh so hard at the time <laughs> that I had to, like, hold back the laughter to keep up the voice. Yeah. Um, and, like, Joe was laughing because I don't think he'd ever heard me do that voice before. So the fact that it just, like, started instantly was funny. It was like, you had to be there kind of a thing. For sure. But I, I love you had to be there laughter. Yeah, and it's one of it's those things, It's a shame too. you can't replicate it. Yeah, because you're trying to, like, it, it, I mean, uh, the voice is funny. You saw, you set a scene pretty well, but typically, like, like oh, this this funny thing happened. You had to be there, and you try and tell it, and like no one laughs but you. And you're just like, oh yeah. I mean, that's why I said you had to be there, right? Like, it, there's a certain in the I like I appreciate the in the momentness of those kinds of interactions and jokes. I just I guess I don't like play or seek them out. Like, whereas to me, like playing uh, VR chat is like you're looking for those, and if you find them, then you've had a successful VR chat. And God knows, Joe's told me some pretty fucking wild stories because for a bit you guys were playing that a lot. Like it blows my mind the kind of shit that goes down in that game, and that that this the free for all that the internet allows creators to partake in. Oh yeah, and it's it gets weird fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm trying to think of something besides VR chat though. I I mentioned that I love cringe. We've talked about Tamers one two three four five, right? Yeah. He put up a new episode the other day, and I thought, well, that would be funny. Um, I don't know how he thinks of these characters, but he, he'll find these, like, terrible cartoons, and then, like, introduce them to the Sonic Underground universe. Um, he just introduced these new characters. Do you remember the cartoon they used to show on Cartoon Network called Scary Godmother? No. Um, oh, (laughs) wow, they have the whole thing on, on YouTube. I wonder if I can fast forward to, okay, right here. What the fuck um, is this? Oh, you found it? Maybe? Okay, is this like, is it an actual cartoon, or is it... It's it's like the CGI thing. But it's just these terrible models that are not lit well. This is horrifying, and I think of ways they're not trying. Yeah, so they, they used to show this every year on Cartoon Network for Halloween. And there's, like, sequels. There's, like, Scary Godmother 2 and 3. Um... And it's all, like, student art. We're just learning 3D animation tech. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Tamers123345, he puts up a new video. And it's the kids from Scary Godmother um, go to the Dr. Phil show. Oh, God. And it's the, it's the sister complaining that her brother um, beats her. And so it's a Dr. Phil episode set in the Sonic Universe for no reason. <laughs> um, but what's what I found amazing was that <laughs> towards the end of the episode, it took this amazing turn that I did not see coming, where 
like at some point they're everyone in the audience is like booing the the brother who's a bully because he dresses up like satan so that means he's a bully and sonic's boyfriend threw a tomato at him and hit him in the eye and he like ran home crying and then he goes home and there's like a cult in his house so the the little boy he's like what do you guys do in my house and it's like we we understand that you made an enemy today um, you you probably hate Sonic Underground as much as we do because they're all like cloaked, so you can't quite make them out. Yeah, but one of them, it looks like he's a character from Lazy Town. Oh God. Um, and so the little boy, he's like, "Yeah, I do hate Sonic Underground. I want to join your cult." And so, okay, we we are the new boys. And then the logo comes up for the new boys, and he just Tamers is teasing the sequel to the movie. Because in the in the last movie, they killed the the gang called the boys. Oh really? But then what's amazing is it zooms back and Sonic's boyfriend was overhearing the whole conversation. And he's like, I knew that the boys would return. And that's a good thing I threw that tracking device and that tomato. And it like plays a black and white flashback to the tomato you threw with like a device in it. And then he just straight up breaks the fourth wall and looks in the camera and says, you all should um follow tamers one two three four five on patreon so you can keep making movies like this and leave comments below about who you think it's going to be in the new boys team <laughs> and i started i broke down laughing because <laughs> it escalated in like five different directions at once and this is all drawn in microsoft paint and like yeah. <laughs> uses these weird animation techniques and like dr phil was drawn in this amazing way where whenever he would sit down no matter what direction he was in, his butt would face the camera. Oh, God. Like, it was just so perfect. I would love, like, an interview <laughs> with that guy at Tamers, but then I also... The more I've I've heard about him and, like, it cracks the veneer, the more it's not as fun. Like, it... it I like it. He's better as a mythical internet thing, and you just assume oh, yeah. he has, like... Is not well-adjusted at all. The, the fiction of what he presents is enough to enjoy. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, he's a special treasure. I love it. I still, I, I fucking smile every time I think of that nine 11 thing he did. And he's like, and also <laughs> Sonic underground was canceled. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. It's horrible, man. He, what was the other, he did another video recently that was so, it was so out there that only he could do it. Um, shoot, what was it? Uh, oh, here. <laughs> so he, when when The Last of Us Two came out, like like an hour after the game came out, he uploaded a, a Last of Us Two episode where it's just early in the game. There's a section where while you're playing as Ellie, you can play her guitar, and he gives you controls to actually like hit different chords. Oh yeah. So he played the Sonic Underground theme like very poorly on Ellie's guitar. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like it's not optimized or prepared well at all. He just got it out so fast. So it would be topical and I uh, that was that was worth it alone. That was very funny. That was perfect. He wasn't even in time at all. Like, he played the notes no. but not to the right speed. It's, and so it, it was just It's not recognizable. Yes. It's technically the right it's like the first 15 notes technically. <laughs> Oh, that like, was really funny. Uh, uh, uh. I what that guy's day job is. And I don't want to know, but I also do. I know. It's it's so fun to have something that, like, 
is a mystery. Yeah. I'm tired of everything being like overhyped and um oh, you know what I'm looking forward to? Going back to Normie Entertainment. Hmm. Um have you been following Ghost of Tsushima? No. Do you know what that is? It sounds like an anime. Do you remember like three years ago when Sony had that E three conference where they had a man come out with a flute and he played the flute for five minutes? That's familiar. So that's that it's that game. Oh. That's finally coming out. Neat. Um, I, I don't care at all. Right. Like, it's an open world samurai game, oh. and it's like I oh. feel like we just got three of these. Yeah, I think I saw like a commercial for that, and I thought it was Sekiro at first, and I was like, it doesn't quite yeah. look like it though. No, it it looks a lot like Sekiro. Like a lot of people confuse the two when the trailers would play back to back. Oh, really? And it's like, yeah, it's like I can't believe they're making this game right now. Like, what is the point? Sekiro is going to come out fast. Um, on top of that, other there's like a ninja themed Dark Souls game from another company. So there's like three of these games. Yeah, Elden Ring. So I just don't care. Like, like Ghost Ghost of Sushi Town. Whatever. I don't care. Um. So that comes out tomorrow. Oh Jesus. Yesterday, I heard this very, <laughs> very interesting. They just announced the game has a black and white mode where it looks like a Kurosawa film. Oh, but it doesn't just go black and white. It actually like it's color adjusted to look like film. Oh, that's cool. So it, it like ups the contrast in certain areas and different and like certain things will be out of focus or not. It also like blows out certain sounds. So it like sounds like it was recorded back when those films were made yeah, that actually sounds pretty neat um and it changes some of the ui elements so it like you, you it's a little bit reduced and you see more like cool text come up okay so it's like before a boss battle then the japanese text will come down the center and it says the battle by the waves and and the enemy samurai stand by the ocean and the waves break behind them and they actually um they went to this kurosaka estate and asked his family for their blessing that it looked right. And they approved. Oh, wow. So I fucking pre-ordered that game. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't have to unlock I, that mode. No, you just turn it on. Oh, cool. And so I don't, I literally, I did not care about the game at all until they showed that it looked different than the other games. Yeah. And it's like, oh, they put thought into it? Well, now I care. Yeah, I mean, that's And like, go. funny enough, I was listening to Mega64, and Rocco had the exact same story I did. Nice. Where he's describing this and getting all excited. And he's like, so now I'm getting that. <laughs> I, I, it, was on, it wasn't on my radar at all. Now I'm buying it. I want to say, okay. Um, th- I know this is probably considered normie entertainment now. But I don't get it. And it's TikTok. And I don't want to okay. go into the politics or any of the weird shit with China that, that I think might be going on right now. It's that one of my coworkers uh, showed me her daughter's TikTok. Because she's like, hey, look what my daughter's doing right now. Um, and I'm watching it and I'm just like, I don't, I, I get what they're doing. They're dancing in weird spots and they're filming it and it's supposed to be funny. I don't know why they would get it or why anybody would watch this. And she's kind of like, yeah, I don't either, but they're doing it and they're excited. So I'm showing it to you. (laughs) And I'm just like, I feel fucking old. And I don't, I know there it's, it's a huge thing. It's worth a lot of money. Kids seem to love it. I'm sure there's adults that love it too. Like I just, I don't get it. Yeah, I would call that normie. Um, but it is interesting since I'm like I'm old enough to not understand it because it's a young person thing, and I don't get it. It was funny because I was like, "Yeah, they're kind of like out of sync for most of this," and she's like, "Well, yeah, like she's seven. I was like, "I mean, they could have done another take." <laughs> 
yeah, I, I really hate TikTok and everything about it. <laughs> um, I think the only thing that good has come of TikTok is that a popular one will introduce me to music I like. Oh, sure. And it's like, oh, get this bimbo out of my face. I want to listen to the full song now. Yeah. Um, I like that one where there's the stupid lady and then she says something. And then the other guy, he like rolls his eyes. A uh, uh, merch deal, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. And I know, and I bring up metal music a lot, but there, there's a certain level of like abnormal entertainment to that. If you talk to people who don't listen to it, or, and I've definitely had people who are like, "What the fuck are you listening to? Why do you think this is music?" You know, because I'm listening to Lamb of God or something, and it's just like I, I don't know how to explain to you that this is like fucking awesome, and we should all be happy that it's playing through the speakers. But evidently, I have to. Now, this might be controversial, but I I feel like actually enjoying music has actually become a niche hobby now. Because I think the popular stuff that everyone likes is all that, like, samey pop crap. Yeah, I mean, if I walk through, like, certain departments at work and they're playing um, Z93, which is the pop station, unless it's, like, Taylor Swift or one of the artists I recognize their voice to, I really can't tell any of that stuff apart anymore. And part of these is, like, the old guy who doesn't listen to it, but a lot of it's like, no, they're using the same drum samples, they're using the same sense, they're using the same uh, way they mix and master everything. Like, it's all done by, like, the same two people. Uh, Well, I like those, uh, those, like, those examples of four-chord songs. Yeah. Where it's, like, it's so painful how, like, samey some of these patterns can be. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess I, I hang around with so many people that still, like, enjoy music, and I'm in Facebook groups and, and, and whatnot, um, and so to me, like, it, it's a normal thing. Well, of course people enjoy music. How could you not enjoy music? It's one of, like, the great arts that we have, and they, there's more of it and new stuff every year, uh, but then it's like, oh, yeah, I guess some people just, they listen to the radio, and they really like hearing the songs that get played over and over again, and sometimes they like the new stuff, but sometimes it's just like, hey, play that Nirvana tune again. I miss that one. I said, well, Nirvana's great, but so is, you know, Avatar. Like, we can all enjoy both things, can't we? I've been following Twitter a lot more lately. That's too bad. There's this interesting trend where something will hit Netflix, and then a new generation of obnoxious shitheads discover it. Oh, sure. So, um, you, you mentioned Avatar, but Avatar The Last Airbender's on Netflix now. Oh, okay. So there's, like, a whole wave of, like, social justice warriors that are watching it for the first time in their life. I'm like, you guys, they finally made a show without white people in it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Like, this, there's a sequel to it, too, with a gay character. You didn't hear about this? I mean, it's, like, it's bizarre that, like, people are, like, spurging out, like, this just came out. But it also, I think, speaks to the fact that they don't make a lot of good original content now. So it's like, well, wait. Wait 10 years. Sure. An old Nickelodeon cartoon will end up on Netflix. Just just wait till you guys find out about Fanboy and Chum Chum, then we'll talk. Oh god, I remember that show. It was awful. I, fuck you. I hate you. Did you actually like that show? Yeah, the first um few episodes are unbearable. You know, I think we've had and this conversation. And then it's stride fast. Yeah, we have. I don't, maybe I just never um, got I, past the first few, because it was on, and then I watched a couple, and I was like, nope, this is a change the channel show. I like the art design, and I think it's very like limited, but there's an element of it that I feel is super, um, it, it reminds me of my childhood 
like the way that like 90s cartoons used to be. Sure. Even though it's very different, it's like there people like to complain that like oh Steven Universe and the like, Cal Arts and everything looks the same. And it's like, yeah, you guys keep complaining that everything looks the same, but then whenever someone does something different, you bitch about it. Yeah. So, which is it? Like, either you like CalArts, or you like Fanboy and Chum Chum, and there are no other choices. It's, um, it's that line that I think basically every sequel needs to walk to, right? Where you want it to be different enough to warrant the sequel, but if it's too different, people are going to be mad. I am dreading the new Ghostbusters movie. I will see I, it if people like it and not see it if people don't. Yeah, I I wish that there was someone I could trust to review it. I don't I don't have any reliable sources or reviews now cuz everything has been like politicized to the point where you have to have your opinion made up before you go see anything. Cuz we have to be on the same page when we decide to boycott the movie company tomorrow. You know, it's like where where can I find a review? It is one of those things I I end up playing games and watching movies and, and all this other stuff largely fairly long after it's come out and it's kind of refreshing because i can kind of forget about the discourse that was leading up to it and i don't have to worry about hype because i didn't have any uh but also then it's like oh i finally saw this i have things to say and it's like yeah no one gives a shit that came out six months ago it's like oh well Remember that happened with, like, so, the Solo a Star Wars story? Like, I saw that, like, eight months after it came out, and I was like, hey, guys, that Star Wars movie with Han Solo actually isn't that bad, right? I mean, it has some dumb stuff, and they're just like, I forgot that existed. Yeah, you know what was weird? Um, They pushed that out really close to when Last Jedi came out, and people were so mad about Last Jedi that they, like, hated Solo. And so no one went to see Star Wars because they're still mad about Ryan Johnson, and so it didn't make money. But then, like, that holiday of the same year, people are like, man, I could go for a Star Wars movie right now. <laughs> and Solo came out on DVD, so people are like, oh, you know, I decided to see Solo. It wasn't that bad. And it's like, man, I wish they just waited until November to release it. Yeah. <laughs> and it wouldn't have been a big deal. <coughs> um. <laughs> oh. We're at an hour four. Do you got to... You want to wrap this up, or do you got anything else you want to chit chat about? Um, you know, I gotta, I have a brief glad space. Okay. So maybe, maybe I want to say one more thing before we wrap up. Okay. Um, before the glad space, I want to have my mad space. Oh. Uh, uh, so I got the, I got the new um World of Warcraft book. Oh. How was that? Holy crap, dude! <laughs> Holy shit! So, um, if you don't know. This last expansion was uh, the worst thing humanity's ever faced. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's hyperbolic, of course, but people aren't happy with it. A lot of the complaint comes from the directionless story, so people are kind of hoping, like, "Well, I hope the next expansion like has a better structured story." They hired a new writer, like a head writer. Um, th- there's going to be less things going on at once, so hopefully, there's going to be like one through point we can focus on. So. We're kind of waiting for that part, but they released the pre-expansion storybook, and normally this sets the ground for what's going to happen next. Um, The lady that had been doing the books now works for Blizzard, and she's the head writer of the game. So, okay, that's cool. Who's going to write the book then? They went to the lady that writes their young adult series. Okay. Um, She mostly writes young adult books or, like, slash fiction that she sells on Amazon. Hmm. 
and it, and it very much shows because this book was like such garbage. Oh no. It it doesn't have a plot and the whole time is just like discussing troll politics that are not going to matter in the next expansion. So it felt like a footnote for the last expansion that everyone hated. Um but there's also these moments where like a character will say something and it's a really heavy-handed metaphor. But it's like whatever. Like I'm not expecting this to be like brilliant, but then the character will go on to explain the metaphor to other characters. Oh, and they no. go, ah, I see what you mean. And it's like, oh, cripes. Like I, I feel like it's written as a young adult novel, where it's like none of these concepts can get too heavy, and a, a character's gonna say like, boy, maybe war isn't a good thing, and that's a deep thought. Um, there's also like a romance subplot that is handled so clumsily. It reminded me of fan fiction. I don't know if you've ever read like slash fiction before. Uh, no, I tend to stay away from that stuff. Most of it's written by 12 year old girls. And most of it is written in a way where like I, it, it comes from a place of, um, people who have never experienced true romance. Sure. And they're, they're sort of acting on impulse of what they daydream romance is like. Uh, actual romance tends to come from a combination of attraction, but also, like, tension. And there's an element of opposites attract, you know? Sometimes it's fun to have characters that seem like they don't have a lot in common, but then they end up just becoming lovers after all. Uh, but that has to come with the tension part. Okay. The way it's handled in this book, there's two characters that don't interact with each other at all but then they're like they're locked in a room by themselves at one point and so they both just start talking about that well you know oh, one time uh, my mother was a thief and I, I found out that she was a thief when I caught her stealing something and then later they hanged her and I heard the sound that her neck made when she when she died and then the other guy is like oh my grandmother was a thief and I had to listen to her neck break, too. Mm, mm, mm. And it's like, it is not how humans talk. It's like, it is so poorly handled. <laughs> I cannot process, like, wh- who approved this. So, like, was there was there an editor involved? Like, it, it, like, I'm literally confused at some parts. Having read other Blizzard books, and these were pretty old... I would say there probably wasn't much of an editor involved because I remember going through those again and finding typos and just the clumsiest fucking sentences. And it's like, they edited the first couple of chapters because if you're in the bookstore, you might skim through those. And then they stopped and were like, okay, well, at this point, they're they're in for the long haul. They're reading a, a story based on a video game. Um, but it does remind me because I'm in a writer's group and I think I mentioned this guy before, but his big thing is he writes uh, gay anime romance slash fiction, basically. And that's all he writes, and he posts it on whatever website for this, and he gets lots of views on his stuff. And people will give him really showering comments about how he's a great writer, and they love his character and his dialogue. And he is legitimately an awful writer. He's bad. But there is an audience for this specific thing, and they have no standards <laughs> whatsoever. I it Getting it, you know, professionally published and putting World of Warcraft in it seems like a a mistake, but I'm guessing that this author, for the stuff she normally writes for her audience, does well for her. I would imagine, I, I just, if this is billed like, um, 
if it was called World of Warcraft colon um uh tides below the deck and like the cover art was two buff men kissing <laughs> it's like oh you know if this is what the story was about it's just that like by chapter 16 there's like one chapter where all of a sudden they both stop acting in character and this like slash fic happens and then the following chapter they stop acting like that like, and then the there's no is... follow-up on it like it's one chapter that's like inserted and if you were to remove that chapter it wouldn't affect the book at all. Oh, really? It's it's very that's that's what I'm talking about with the quality. It's not just the word choice. It's not just the tone. It's like the structure of the book seems incomplete. It's I'm bizarre. I'm kind of surprised that because uh, you think Blizzard would be fairly um, overprotective of their property. Maybe not, but also just like typically, if you're writing something for a company and you're using their IP. You have to submit like an outline ahead of time. Like this is the story. These are the characters. This is what's going to happen, and that has to get approved. And then you then you write it, and maybe you. Break so away from there the was outline. an there was an interview. Yeah, there was an interview with um with the writer, the author of this book, and she said that she was given this outline by Blizzard. Oh, weird. Like including including like the gay romance scene. Like they they said, oh yeah, we should include this. We want this character and this character to hook up, and she was like, I can do it. And so it's like, I feel like someone sat down and said, well, here's some bullet points that I want the book to cover. And then they handed that sheet to someone else. And that person said, oh, this must be the outline. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like there was a disconnect to some degree. But I, <laughs> I, I really don't know. I, um, I, a, another a picture came up recently. I was just sending this to a friend, so I bet I can find it real fast. Um, Blizzard, I, I showed you this really bad comic that I really hated the art in. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um. Well, that's not new. You've done that well, a few so, times. Yeah, but somebody somebody found who that artist is, and she has a deviant art where she does a lot of Warcraft fan art. And apparently that's how Blizzard found her, was like, this fan art is amazing. You should do a comic book for us. Mm. So this is this is one of her pieces of fan art on top, and then this is below it is the canon stuff they put in the comic book. If it loads, it's going very slow right now. There it goes. So this top stuff is her. Yeah. The bottom stuff is the comic. Yeah. Because the top but stuff's pretty her. goddamn cool. Yeah, and it's I'm the not, same artist. What, what's with the mouths on the, the bottom panels? Like, they're just so weird. <laughs> they're so weird. What is that elf and you doing? Notice which one? They're all elves. The one on the, the right. She looks like she's about to queef. <laughs> no, she's literally... she's she. I think in that shot, she's drawing her bow and arrow for an elegant archery shot. This is an action and... pose. I, this is the same person. And if you notice, none of the characters in the fan art have bad mouths. Right. She captures the spirit of every character so elegantly. It is amazing. This this art is inspirational. Like, some of these have so much emotion behind them that I want to cry. And then you look at Sylvanas down there, and she's like, Arr! And you look at, at Illyria, and she's like, <laughs> Jeez. So that was that's my mad space. I, do you want to? Do you have a glad space? Should we yeah. change the tide of 
Karma. I finished uh, the anime Revolutionary Girl Utna, and that is my glad space because that anime turned out to be really good, and I recommend it to people. It's on YouTube for free. The people who have the rights to it uploaded it. Uh, there's 39 episodes. I don't want to give too much away because the, the fun of the show is kind of that it it involves its own internal logic, and you have to figure out what that logic is as you watch. So the first few episodes are weird and kind of off-putting in some ways, because you're just like, what the fuck is going on? But if you get to episode four or five, um, it really starts to get better, and then like the last couple seasons are wild in the ways only anime can be wild, but also really kind of deep as far as touching on themes of like uh, abuse, uh, abusive relationships, um, growing up, stuff like that. Like, it actually goes in very, uh, adult, heady, you know, themes and stuff like that. I don't know. I can't fucking talk anymore. I'm stupid. But yeah, yeah everyone, go watch that. It's a fun anime. What was that name again? Revolutionary Girl Utna. Where do you watch that? YouTube. Do you have a Crunchyroll? No, it's on YouTube. Do you, do you subscribe to Hulu Plus Anime? I, I have a Hulu account, and I do watch anime on Hulu sometimes. Check it out on, on Hulu.com slash YouTube <laughs> slash play.exe. What about you? What are you glad about? Um, this is almost like we were talking about, like, a, I, I mentioned that I feel like actual music hobbyism is like this niche thing mm-hmm. where if you appreciate music, like actually appreciate it, that's a rare thing now. Um, There's a similar thing for... Like, it's such a normie thing right now to enjoy video games. Like, it's just everybody has a game system, and they, they, they I'm a gamer. I'm just, I have the monster energy doing. Um, there's this guy on YouTube I've recommended before called Neryl. I think I've sent you his videos before, but he does these deep dive niche reviews of things that are very old, and he makes jokes of the fact that, hey, this isn't topical, so I'm wasting my time by talking about it. But then he'll do these like very fascinating like breakdown of level design and and color theory and how things are paced and structured and the power of sounds and the and storytelling and little things like how uh, player agency can hurt a story unless you do it this way in which everything's good. Mm-hmm. Um. So he recently put up a review about Black Mesa, which is something that I totally skipped over. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, that's the um, the, the remake of Half-Life 1, right? The fan game. Yeah, it was a fan game. I, I didn't even realize that. It, they let fans retool the game and make it better than the original game. And with Valve's blessing, they're like, oh yeah, you can sell it on our store. And it's like, what the, what the, what? <laughs> it's like, that's not a thing that video game companies do. But then you look at the side-by-side comparison, and it's like, wow, they did such a good job. They even, like, beat the release date by two years. Like, they, this is amazing. Like, why aren't people talking about this achievement? Um, it, it's, it's really fascinating the, what passion can do. Mm-hmm. A lot of people talk about, like, game budgets and stuff, but, man, the new Madden game would be cool if a bunch of people were passionate about football and made a game about it. Yeah. Instead of, like, the business model they have now. Um, man, I, <laughs> anyways, I recommend you watch the narrow review of, uh, Black Mesa. Um, and if you haven't heard him before, you'll, you'll probably like his other stuff too, but the, the Black Mesa, the experience he presented was so fascinating that I kind of want to track it down 
even though I've never really played those games, so I won't appreciate half the changes that went into it. Played Half-Life Alex. Yeah. I don't know if that counts, though. I don't know. Maybe it does. I don't know. I Honestly, I don't, I don't have a bearing on that. I don't either. One day. But yeah, it's Neryl on YouTube. If you, I hope you got two tabs of YouTube open right now, you stupid idiot. How do you spell idiot. his uh, name? N-E-R-R-E-L. That's Neryl. Boop. Awesome. Well, we're at an hour 20. I suppose we should fuck off. And speaking of fucking off, that's what you and me is about to do. Yay. Woo-hoo. Bye, everybody. Do you have any well wishes? Okay. Yeah, bye, everyone. Nope, no well wishes. <laughs> 